Welcome to Scientific American's National Park Nature Walks. I'm your host and guide, Jacob Job. Today, we venture into the mountains. For the better part of a decade, I've explored national parks and other protected areas across the country and world, developing a deep respect and appreciation for them. I'm also a conservationist and ecologist, and so I've spent a lot of time alone, recording the sounds of the species and places I encounter. I want to connect you to these places as well. In this podcast, I'll share those sounds with you, along with some interpretation of who's making them and what they mean so you're better equipped to take advantage of your next visit to one of our parks. National Park Nature Walks is an immersive listening experience that recreates what it's like to be there with me. To maximize your experience, slip on a pair of headphones and find a quiet, cozy space to unwind and relax in. In today's episode, it's mid-June and we're headed to the west side of Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. This side of the park sees far fewer visitors than the much busier east side, but it's no less beautiful and offers an abundance of opportunities to explore remote places with lots of wildlife. Today, we start at dawn at the southern edge of the Kawanichi Valley near where Anahu Creek joins the Colorado River. From there, we'll cross the Trail Ridge Road and head east up the Green Mountain Trail to a hidden gem, a massive open grassy expanse known as Big Meadows. We'll sit alongside Tanahuda Creek before finally making our way to the base of Nakai Peak, where we'll seek shelter from a late morning thunderstorm. Let's go for a walk. The massive Kawanichi Valley runs north to south for nearly eight miles. Curling along throughout its length are the headwaters of the Colorado River before it winds nearly 1,500 miles to the Gulf of California. Here, the river flows through stands of dense, head-high willows and expansive wetlands where you can often find moose grazing. It's dawn, so we're now listening to the dawn chorus of birds. This happens each morning during the spring and summer. There are a lot of birds in riparian habitats like this, so all of these sounds can be overwhelming. Let's try and identify a few. The first thing I notice are the haunting and quivering sounds of Wilson's snipe. These shorebirds live in wet open meadows like this. The sound you hear is the rushing wind over the tail feathers as they dive towards the ground. There's one. Males make this sound to defend territories and attract mates. That high-pitched metallic trill you just heard was a broad-tailed hummingbird. To me, this is a classic Colorado summer sound.
You might have noticed a couple of American crows calling from the top of a distant pine tree. Right there. Here's a Wilson's warbler singing. I call this the Friar Tuckbird because it's all yellow with a round patch of black feathers on the top of its head. They're small and often forage inside willows, so they're hard to see, but their quick, repetitive, two-parted song usually gives them away. Now there's a song most of us have heard at some point in our lives, especially early in the morning. When people talk about someone being an early bird, I'm pretty sure they're referring to the American Robin. Their song can be monotonous, but I kind of like how eager they are. Siskins. A small flock of them just landed in the spruce tree above us. They're really chatty, and that last rising zzzz is a dead giveaway. Well, I'm a little cold, so I think it's time to move. Let's cross the Trail Ridge Road and head up the Green Mountain Trail. We're now walking under a tall canopy of pines and spruce trees. It's quiet, except for the sound of the wind moving through the needles above us. The trail is steep, so we'll take it slow. I hear hermit thrush up ahead. They have this ethereal flute-like song with a single introductory note, followed by just pure magic.
There's a hummingbird feeding on those columbines next to the trail. Hear that? Woodpeckers drumming on the trees behind us. They kind of sound like American three-toed woodpeckers. Here's a common bird you can hear almost all day in these forests. Ruby crowned kinglets are tiny, but their song has so much energy. This is probably the smallest bird in the forest. I like to think that because they're so small, they have to kind of wind up their song a little bit before letting it all spill out. That nasally sound are the calls of the red-breasted nuthatch. They constantly march up and down tree trunks, storing seeds to eat during the long, hard winters here. My dad says they're the hardest working birds in the woods because they seem constantly busy. We've reached Big Meadows and it's just incredible. You can see Mount Patterson straight ahead and Nakai Peak to the left at the northern edge of the meadow. Let's just take a moment to soak it in. That's Tanahudu Creek roaring in the distance and a Lincoln Sparrow singing next to it. Let's get a little closer.
I just love their song. It's sweet sounding, but there's a little bit of melancholy to it. There's a raven sitting on that lone tree, so much bigger than the crows we saw earlier. Let's head north towards Nakai Peak and see what we can find along the way. Melispiza Melodia. For some reason, whenever I see a song sparrow, I always say its Latin name out loud. Don't ask me why. They sound like Lincoln sparrows, but their song is pretty easy to learn. There are three parts. First, two or three introductory notes, then a trill, and a jumble of notes at the end.
There are lots of small streams like this throughout big meadows that feed into the bigger creek, especially this time of year when snowmelt is moving downhill across the park. There's our Lincoln Sparrow again. Looks like storm clouds might be moving in. Let's get out of the meadow and find some shelter back in the forest. I just love how the thunder echoes between the mountains. Storms occur pretty regularly on this side of the park this time of year. 
Remember that bird? The ruby crown kinglet. I told you they're everywhere. Here's our robin again. Here's a new bird, a golden crown kinglet. It almost sounds like a sneeze that never quite gets free. They love foraging in the lower branches of those conifers. Butterbutt. I mean, Audubon's warbler. Birders like to call them butterbutts because they have a bright yellow patch on their butt.
hear that monotonous tone in the distance? Let's get a little bit closer. It's a Townsend Solitaire. It kind of looks like a gray bluebird hanging out at the tops of trees in the forest. A mountain chickadee. This is their raspy call, which kind of sounds like they have a sore throat. The sky's getting really dark. Let's climb under those boulders and wait for the storm to pass.
Those high-pitched calls during the thunder were from a northern flicker, a kind of woodpecker. This far west, the undersides of their feathers are red, but the further east you go, the feathers gradually change to yellow. Well, we should probably head back and dry off. I hope you had a great time. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you on our next National Park Nature Walk. Scientific American's National Park Nature Walks was written, produced, and edited by me, Jacob Joe. Recordings were made under permits issued by the park for the purpose of science and education. National Park Nature Walks is supported by the Sound and Light Ecology Team at Colorado State University. The Sound and Light Ecology Team is dedicated to preserving the natural sounds and night skies of the world. Visit our interactive website to learn more about our work. Thank you.